0: good morning and Merry Christmas the first reading this morning comes from Psalm 98 beginning at verse 1 sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvellous things his right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him the Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King let the sea resound and everything in it the world and all who live in it let the rivers clap their hands let the mountains sing together for joy let them sing before the lord for he comes to judge the earth he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity this is the word of the lord
1: Gospel reading comes from Luke chapter 2 and starting at verse 8, the shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, I bring you good news. Of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about.
2: Thanks, Roger, thanks, Wendy. Good morning and a very happy Christmas to each and every one of you. What a joy it is to be here with you this morning. I imagine that for most of us there is an evocative image that uh, came onto our television screens, if not into our line of sight back in uh, 1999 at the very end of the year as we prepared to enter the new millennium. And on the harbour bridge, there was that word emblazoned, eternity. And you may recall that the style in which that had been written was in the uh, copper plate that had been adopted by a man called Arthur Stace. Arthur Stace had become a down and out. He had given himself over to a drunken and debauched lifestyle. And then he came under the sound of the news of Jesus Messiah. And he was a man then who was utterly transformed, a man beyond his circumstances, such that he had the depths of joy and assurance in knowing Jesus had secured him a place into eternity. And even though this man was illiterate and really incapable of writing anything on a page, somehow, by God's grace, He adopted this extraordinary copperplate writing. He wrote the word eternity, and if he wrote it once, he wrote it many thousands of times across the streets of Sydney. I'm sure you will know something of the story, but the reason being that Arthur had met someone from the pages of the Bible. Arthur had met someone who had changed many, many lives and continues to transform lives today, and we celebrate his birth into the world because his name is Jesus. And he is Messiah. He is God's chosen one. He is God's anointed one. And we have good cause for celebration because the news about Jesus brings joy. I brought this from home. I kind of have it here to demonstrate the point that you don't need to carry a little placard with joy written on it around with you. And that's where I hope to get us to because the big idea today is this, God promises joy in Jesus Messiah for all eternity. God promises joy in Jesus Messiah for all eternity. Let me lead us in prayer as we uh, look to engage with the Word of God. Our Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for bringing us to this joyous Christmas morn, a day on which we can celebrate Jesus Messiah, your Savior and your anointed one. We thank you, Father, that we can celebrate Jesus every day, but that we join with many others in doing so today. And we pray, Father, that you would reaffirm for us as your people your promises to us that we have joy and joy into eternity in Jesus Messiah. And that you would spur us on to share this good news to see many others transformed by your grace and your goodness to us in Jesus, in whose name we pray amen <clears throat> you may recall <clears throat> that we have been looking uh, over the advent season at uh, a christmas carol we've considered christmas past christmas present last night we considered christmas future and today we're going to consider christmas eternal um For those who are on catch up, uh, A Christmas Carol was a novel written by Charles Dickens back in 1843. Uh, You may have read the book, you may have seen various iterations of it on the big screen or small screen. But basically it's about a fella called Ebenezer Scrooge who is really a miserly old man. His attitude towards everything is bar humbug. The thought of singing a song like Joy to the World, a Christmas Carol, is the last thing on his agenda because he hates joy, he hates people, he hates Christmas, and he really is just an old git. And uh, what happens is that he is approached by a number of ghosts who warn him that he must amend his rotten ways in order to have a hope for the future. Otherwise, he's gonna die a lonely, despised death. Anyway, the journey so far, he has met the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present, and the ghost of Christmas future. There is no ghost of Christmas eternal. But for those who've been following on, the final chapter of A Christmas Carol, after the revelations of those ghosts, Scrooge awakens, he's had a traumatic journey, he's been shown that he will die a lonely death, that his cruelty would have its effects, and he'd be given opportunities to love and care for and show kindness to others, but he is utterly transformed by his experience at the end. He awakes a new man, formerly mean to everyone, he now makes a large donation to charity, he buys a great big turkey for his long-suffering employee Cratchit, so he can enjoy that with his family. Um, He then spends time with his own family. He gives Cratchit an increase in pay. He becomes a father figure to Cratchit's son, Tiny Tim, who is at the brink of death, and uh, in another story may very well have died. And Scrooge now treats everyone in kindness, and generosity, and compassion, and he is now no longer in fear of a lifetime of loneliness. But the means by which that transformation came about was all about his fear of what might have been. His motivation was fear. And even though superficially he embodied what was Christmas cheer and goodwill to all men, this transformation came about through a very sinister mechanism. And I think the undercurrent of some of what Dickens wants us to understand is he wrote to a mid-Victorian society that was really loosening itself from the anchor Of the good news of Jesus and what Christmas was all about is a return that was required to biblical values and need to go back to the generosity of spirit that puts at the very center of things not self not fear but Jesus and joy Christmas is all about Jesus Christ The fact that you're here this morning demonstrates that you have some understanding of that. But as you well know, many of your friends and neighbors and family have really become very much detached from the roots of what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about when God came into this world to repair it, to rescue it, to redeem it to fulfill God's promises of the past and give God's people joy for eternity. Have a look with me at the first reading that we had, and this is my second point, God promises joy. It was from Psalm 98. We sang a Christmas carol, we'll no doubt sing more, uh, along with our beautiful uh, decorated Um, choir this morning. And I think Christmas carols are a big part of the celebration of Christmas. We sing them here at church. Uh, We sing them, don't we, in our homes. We listen to them on the radio. We sometimes even hear them um, in the mall. I've heard that recently they've been sung in our local hospital. And uh, we sang that wonderful carol, Joy to the World, written by Isaac Watts. And I don't know whether you know this, but he based that carol on the words of this very psalm, Psalm 98. Psalm 98 is one of the royal psalms, Psalms 93 to 100, reflect on the kingship of God. And this psalm, this song that we sang, is about our response in joy to the kingship of God. Those first three uh, verses are about rejoicing in God as Savior of His people, rejoicing in God as Savior of His people. It says, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. Verse 2, God made his salvation known. Verse 3, he remembers his love and his faithfulness to his people Israel, and all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. You see, this shows us that God is loving and faithful. He has demonstrated this to his people, Israel, time and again, the history of which we can read through the Old Testament in our Bibles. And then we see rejoicing in God as king of the earth, verses four to six. We have this beautiful picture, this, image of creation itself kind of making music as if the trees were picking up instruments and playing them for us. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn or the shofar, the traditional uh, instrument to call God's people together. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Very likely that these instruments would accompany God's people as they made the ascent up to the temple to celebrate god's goodness to them instruments that were played for kings and queens and then we move to rejoicing in god as a judge of all nations verses seven to nine the psalmist writes let the sea resound would you be kind enough just to give me that bottle of water thank you let the sea resound and everything in it the world and all who live in it Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains, thank you, sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. He comes as judge of the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and all the peoples with equity. Creation rejoices for God, who will do the right thing by everyone throughout history across the world. And as the psalmist writes, this is a people who know God as they would never say this name, Yahweh, I am who I am, Adonai, Elohim, the God who is with them. But in another way, this psalm again, as all these psalms do, is pointing us forward to something quite profound that would take place in the future. Because this joy for the world would be met in God himself sending Jesus into the world to be our saviour. Joy to the world, why? For Messiah would be the good and righteous king over all the earth. Joy to the world, why? For Christ is returning as judge over all the nations. Can you see how the threads of what is described by the psalmist are met in one person and one person only? the person of Jesus as saviour of his people, as king of the earth, and as judge of all nations. Jesus saves us from our sins. He has made amends that when we have faith in him, we might be right with God for all eternity. He has risen to rule. He is raised from the dead and ascended to the right hand of God, and he will be there ruling for all eternity. And he will come again to judge everyone and to make things right and as they should be for all eternity. This is grounds for joy profound little book written by C.S. Lewis, his autobiography was surprised by joy. It was the point at which Lewis really recognized that rather than being swept this way and that by the waves of experience, by what we might describe as happiness, our response to what happens that might put a smile on our face, or our response to what happens that might put a frown upon our face, this thing would endure the joy that comes from knowing jesus transcends life's experience and we we see that in jesus messiah this joy will last for all eternity i want to take us on a little journey through the second reading that we had in luke 2. Uh, come with me again and luke 2 uh, chapter 2 verses 8 to 15 you remember mary and joseph had landed in a little animal barn this newborn baby Mothered by Mary, fathered by the Spirit of God, Joseph was just a ring but an extraordinary man nonetheless. God himself came into the world in the most humble of circumstances. This was the situation into which the Son of God was to be born, Emmanuel, God with us. And this little nativity this little christmas story has relevance for each and every one of us because it is news of great joy for each and every one of us shepherds living out in the fields first saint nearby watching their flocks and an angel of the lord a messenger appeared to them the glory of the lord shone around them they were unsurprisingly afraid but the angel said there is no need for fear i bring you good news which is going to cause great joy for all people today in the town of David a savior has been born to you he is Messiah the anointed one the king of kings the Lord of Lords and this will be assigned to you you will find this baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger and then suddenly with this one angel there was a cacophony of mighty angels singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. In heaven there's singing, on earth there is peace and when the angels have left them and have gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem to see this thing that has happened about which the Lord has told us. And man, there is so much more to the story of the life of Jesus. And you and I who've been reading our Bibles year upon year know something of the story of how this little boy grew to be a man to make a world of difference. And if you've not read the rest of the story, let me encourage you to do so. There's ways to do that. If you're here today, we've got some copies of the Gospel of Luke, the biography of Jesus, the rest of the story, and we'd love you to take a copy with you, free of charge, our gift to you this Christmas, that you might know more of the Lord Jesus. If you're not a reading type, and these days, you're much keener on flicking onto Netflix or going on the screen, that's good too, because there's a show called The Chosen, which is very closely based on the life of Jesus as described in the Bible and beautifully elaborated to paint pictures of the people with whom he interacted you can find that on netflix or online and in fact we're doing a very special showing as we'll hear about shortly uh, here in this very room during the course of january of the third season of that series which takes us from jesus words from the sermon of the mount uh, on the mount and through into uh some more of his life so that's uh, an opportunity for us to gather together on wednesday evenings in january you see A Christmas Carol is a story of how lives can be transformed in response to fear. That was the basis for the transformation of Ebenezer Scrooge, a fear of dying a miserable, lonely death, remembered only with disdain. But God offers us transformation brought about by His incomparable love to us in His Son, Jesus. The transformation that took Arthur Stace from being a drunk and homeless man with nothing to live for. And I have to say, he still remains on the streets, although he was no longer inebriated by the spirits in the bottle, but rather empowered by the Spirit of God. He had the transformation based on the love that God had shown him, the hope that he now shared for eternity, and the joy that had been planted into his heart in knowing Jesus. You see, heaven and earth combine in joyful praise for Jesus Messiah that will never end. We hear it here in this room as we gather together to sing God's praises. But did you know that you join with those angels in the heavens as they sing the praise of the one who is king of kings and lord of lords. In his love, God sent Jesus into the world to be our savior and this is news of great joy. In his love, Messiah is the good and righteous king over all the earth and this is news of great joy. In his love, Christ is returning as judge over all the nations, and this is news of great joy. And just as the report in Luke gives us a picture of joyful shepherds on the earth, and joyful angels praising God in the heavens, there is a day coming when that promise of eternity will be fulfilled. Jesus will come and take heavens, Jesus will come and take the earth, and he will do something quite unprecedented, binding them together, loosing all things for His glory, and a new creation will endure, which is gonna give us news of great joy indeed, because God's people will be with His Messiah for all eternity. God promises us joy in Jesus Messiah for all eternity. By His grace, may we grasp that assurance today that we might have that joy that transcends circumstance. And may that carry us through this Christmas and the rest of the year and every Christmas to come until we meet him face to face. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this news of great joy that we can share together on Christmas morning. Know with certainty and assurance, according to your word and according to the spirit who indwells us, that this news will go on forever and ever and ever into eternity especially in times lord god that are trying for us in the here and now may this joy that you have embedded in us sustain us and keep us as we remember the one who ran the race and lifted his eyes to the future hope that you had prepared for him scorning the cross and its shame for the joy set before him that he might secure a place for us into eternity. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.